Welcome to the Timeless Teachings Vault, where we aim for a stress-free life, seek new ways to solve everyday problems, overcome tough obstacles, and achieve personal and professional success. With your host, her hunger for success helped her break through many obstacles from an early age, and now lives her life spreading motivation and purpose. Founder of Tenacious Living Network, Carrie Ann Barron. Hello, Dr. Day. Welcome to the Telesummit. How are you doing today? Oh, I am doing just wonderful. It's a gorgeous day in San Diego. Thanks for having me on your program. Mm-hmm. I love love that you're calling us from California. It's great. <laughs> um, I have um, we we talked last week on our radio sh- on my radio show about some of your work. So today we want to get into a little bit more about your um, your understanding of manifesting emotional balance and having that inner strength and that outer flexibility. But before we do, I'd love to give our listeners a little bit of a sense of where you're coming from. So. What I would like to do is ask, um, can you provide us with your personal definition of emotional chaos and overwhelm? I think that when we become in a state of overwhelm, it's kind of like a tsunami. You know, the, the tsunami is a wave that, that comes in, uh, but it just keeps coming. It's not like a tidal wave. It's a one-time thing. It, it's where we feel that there's continuous oncoming, or should I say incoming, pressure from maybe even more than one source. And one of the first things to disappear is we feel a loss of our identity because we're feeling so many things coming at us at once that this loss of identity can can make us feel numb, uh, disenfranchised, disempowered. Uh, We can feel, because of the chaos around us, that we absorb and feel chaotic ourselves and thus we, we kind of lose our sense of focus. We kind of get distracted from our inner sense of, of direction. And, you know, this is a, a, a terrible feeling, and, and I think it's something that has happened to most of us from time to time, is we get in this position of being emotionally overwhelmed, and once that happens, you know, it's kind of like falling into the shallow end of a swimming pool. First thing you you have to admit is, you're overwhelmed. It, it did happen. And so a lot of times when it's physical, <clears throat> in other words, if it's a, if it's a mental type of thing, um, we usually try to know what to do rationally. But when it's emotional, we don't always have the tools to be able to say, okay, this is overwhelmed. These are the tools I can use to help me maintain uh, my balance, regain my identity and, and my sense of self-empowerment. I love the way that you put that loss of identity in there, but also relating it to like feeling like you're jumping into the sh- into a you're falling into a swimming pool and you think you're drowning and then you realize oh it wasn't as bad as as we thought. Um, I, I love that analogy. I think it's it's very a lot of people can visually see how that would feel when they're experiencing that emotional chaos. Um, what is your personal experience with with this? Well, um, <laughs> many, many years ago, uh, I went through a, a divorce. It was uh, probably simultaneously the best worst year of my life. Uh, I'm sure many of your listeners can identify with, you know, their own moment of, of chaos and crisis. But, you know, so many times we read that um, 
these types of events that happen in our lives are good for us. And, and the humor is we always say change is, is good as long as it's for the other guy, you know. But when we go through it, you know, it's personal, it's intimate, it's, you know, how you say, in your face. So it, that was 1987, and that was a very transformative experience. And, you know, as the masters say, we should bless all of our challenges, and that's really hard to do because when you're going through it yourself, it's hard to say, oh, my goodness, what a blessing this is. Now I can move forward. But really, um, without that type of an event, perhaps I wouldn't have had the tenacity, which you, you have as a very good word, the, the tenacity to say, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to make some uh, some changes, access, you know, the inner part of myself to maintain a much greater focus. So that level of overwhelm and chaos, you know, actually helped me to have a much greater intensity of inner focus than I would have had otherwise. Hmm. So how do you do that? Because your, your, your bio, we heard that you blend the energy work, the spirituality, and the science. How is that possible when you're in this state of emotional chaos? It's the best, worst year of your life. And you, how did you do that? How do you blend that together? You know, what the cool thing is, is that that type of knowledge isn't always instantaneous consciously. But think of it as, um, you know, you're a seed and um, you're put into the earth and, and, you know, the water comes and maybe you don't know exactly what's going on yet, but all of a sudden you burst forth, you head upwards and you come out through the ground and you start realizing, oh, that's there's the sun and you start reaching towards it. So at first, you know, I didn't have the conscious tools to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It was more like, it was more like, okay, i got to get a hold of myself. But over time, I started understanding what the tools were that, that, that I was employing to maintain emotional balance. And, and over time, it became clearer and clearer. And, you know, it's really true. When we go into chaos and emotional imbalance, what's the first thing we want? We want relief, and we want it instantly. You know, it's like if you, if you burn your finger or something, you want, you want relief instantly. And But sometimes when it's emotional, the understanding of, of how to employ the tool or that you have the tool is difficult. But again, I want to reinforce that because we really are these luminous beings of light, of infinite awareness, that, that really that we really are, but we have this physical presence, within us is always that seed that co-creates with the Creator the events in our life that allow us to have the experience of gaining the knowledge of how to overcome the tsunami and how to maintain the balance. So the, the beautiful thing is that everybody has that ability innate. It's already within us. But most of us haven't learned or haven't come across the tools. And with all types of, of understandings of metaphysics is that when a person becomes more aware they realize that they themselves are creating the means to emancipate themselves from emotional chaos. And that's part of a spiritual path is the awareness that within you is always the seed of knowledge. You always have it, and it's always attempting to externalize. But sometimes when you're in the emotional chaos, when you're in the shallow end of the pool, all you're thinking is, I'm wet, <laughs> you know, I'm in chaos. It's hard to think that, 
the answers are within us when we're going through those changes, but in fact they are. Mm. So you you just used the word metaphysics. Um, what does that oh, really yeah. mean? Because this is new to some of our listeners. So can you define that and explain it a well, little bit? Yeah, yeah it, it's a very overused word because we have a lot of difficulty describing things that are not physical but are real. And that's the reason why I studied so much science, that science has proved that metaphysics is actually real. <clears throat> Meta means beyond. And metaphysics simply means that which is not physical and yet still exists. So that that's a terrible paradox. How can it not be physical and still exist? It's like saying you're a luminous being of light and you have a physical presence. We don't understand that rationally, and yet that's exactly that's exactly what's happening. And 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 I can you know if you wish later I can talk about how science has proved this. Mm-hmm. But metaphysics metaphysics simply means the reality beyond time and space, but that is in fact a reality. Hmm. Can you repeat that one more time for our listeners? <clears throat> Metaphysics means a reality beyond time and space, but that is in fact a reality that in another dimension that is not limited to space or time, there can also be individuation. And again, that's a very big problem because if it's beyond space and time, how can it be unique? So again, our rational minds have great trouble with this, and it's very easy to become instantly dismissive and say, Okay, that sounds like smoke and mirrors to me, but actually it's not. Um, and so this is where the humor comes in. The only way to overcome an illusion is to first recognize there is one. Sounds like double talk. Yeah. And so that's why the metaphysics is difficult, is because the average person, rightly so, would question, well, what do you mean by that? And, and again, that's why I've studied science so much, which is a way, as the Japanese say, poking holes in the teacup is a way of, poking holes in the ego to say, okay, look, this is real, and, and let me show you how it's real. Oh. Then the mind starts to understand that there really is a higher nature to the human being that is you all the time. So <clears throat> so that would be like you, you have this feeling something is happening, you know it's happening, but you can't physically. It's all, it's it's like this feeling of love, right? It's there, but you can't actually see it or physically touch it. Yeah, so, it, yeah. it's called it's called it's called a qualitative state. So an example would be if you take ten people and you say, "Do you love your mother?" and then they all say, "Yes, of course." They look at you like, "Why would you ask such a question?" Right? But then you ask those ten people, "Well, how do you know you love your mother?" They look at you again like you're silly. But how do you know? that state of being. Well, every cell in your body knows that's true. But that's a state of being. That's not something quantified like, you know, how many hours till 10 tomorrow morning is a quantitative state. So this qualitative state of the human being, especially through the emotions, right, is so difficult to explain. But, you know, part of the point you just made is every person is intuitive. Every person has chakras. Every person is psychic. We already are. We just really are just now starting to develop the language and the understanding, not just what it is, but but why it is and how it works. 
And that really alludes to uh, your talking, or your title is Manifesting Emotional Balance. So, mm-hmm. and, and what you're referring to is, is inner focus and listening to what's happening within our body regardless <clears throat> of the ear touch or feel. So why is right. it so important to have that inner focus? And ultimately, what happens when we don't have inner focus? Okay, well, let's imagine you're, you're driving down a road and you lose your focus. That's very dangerous, right? We call that distracted driving, right? Because you're kind of maybe texting or looking at the beautiful scenery, and but you're not focusing on the task at hand. The, the Buddhists have a term for this state of inner contentment. They call it single-pointed focus of concentration. It, it means that, that your inner focus is on the highest aspect of who you really are. In other words, in my opinion, every human being incarnates for a reason. You know, we come here to do something. We, we have a mission that reflects the individuation of our personality. We are a point of attention in a sea of consciousness in, in the physical dimension. And maintaining the inner focus causes us to have a productive and meaningful life, that our life becomes very relevant to us. We, we accomplish those things of that which we came to do by maintaining our balance. And, and in my opinion, 95% of all communication is energy or consciousness, if you will, that radiates outward to all of our connections. So if you maintain a sense of inner balance or focus, you're actually sending that information out in a form of coherence to everybody around you. And work of people like David Wilcox, Source Field Investigations, has shown that if there is a person in the room who has the most coherent um, energy field, if you will, that the other people in the room will tend to adjust their fields, shall we say, to that person. So this, we're just living in a really cool time where we're starting to understand how the value of inner focus is not mental concentration. It is the ability to remain in that qualitative state through the intuition. Because intuition and awareness is not conceptual thinking or imagination. It's a completely different state of being. So having said that, a lot of people might think, well, well what is it really? It's simply a matter of focusing on that within you which aligns to your highest purpose through the intuition. The intuition, the inner feeling, the little voice within you, the, 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 the very soft inner guidance that we all have, but that many of us become distracted because we live in a social mass media networking environment and there are many, many distractions and demands upon us that take us away from this inner focus, and this is what causes our emotional overwhelm, our chaos, those tsunami of feelings where we feel, how am I going to get through this day? I've got so many things that are pulling me uh, in other directions. So I want to touch base, because you said inner guidance, to really focus in on that inner guidance. And... I'm going to say, what does that quote-unquote look like or feel like, or how do you know when that inner guidance is speaking to you because it's such a soft whisper? You know, that that is one of the best questions you could possibly ask, and it has to do with a word called faith. Faith is trusting with your heart 
what your mind doesn't yet know, not yet. And <clears throat> the faith in the intuition is trusting within yourself. So <clears throat> when we talk about the idea of a creator, God, goddess, mother, father, God, so many people believe that that's a beingness outside of ourselves. When, in my opinion, we live in a oneness where there is no separation whatsoever, you know, all wisdom, all love, all uh, power <clears throat> is within yourself. And so to access that takes that, again, that wonderful word you like to use, the tenacious faith to trust within your heart what you feel. Now, I didn't say emotion. A feeling is what comes to you. An emotion is what you do with the feeling. Mm. So, so when you employ this ability to receive, is called the feminine principle, which is yielding to this small little inner voice that you feel. What does your heart tell you? What is your heart saying right now? What are you feeling right now? And I don't mean I feel anger, rage. I mean, what is this little tiny feeling within your heart of hearts that is telling you, oh, I should go to Chicago and start a group of students, or me, I might say. Mm -hmm. But then my logical mind would say, have you priced airfare and rental cars and whatnot, but then my intuition says, yes, but that's where you should go. So which one do you do? That's what I tell my students on day one is trust what you feel, then apply what you know. So I didn't say don't use your practical, rational mind. I'm saying bring your intuition up even with your rational thought. The problem <clears throat> is is that the intuition is it's not that it's irrational. It's what psychologists call non-rational it's that qualitative state where a person is able to tune in, if you will, to what is their intuition, what is that feeling, what is the inner knower within them. So there's not some voice disconnected and disembodied talking to them. It is, it is the person themselves in their own higher aspect communicating with the physical nature. They're, they're not separate, but, but when we make the increase of that connection, we're not making a connection because there is nothing to connect. You're already connected. You are simply increasing the awareness of a connection to oneness that already exists because if you live in the oneness, what is there to find? Because nothing can be lost. There's nowhere to go because you're already there. So when a person becomes more conscious without faith, in that intuition, it's almost impossible to grow in the spiritual way. Now, yoga uh, without faith is just stretching. You know, prayer and meditation without faith, just thinking. So this is why in the era in which we live, it's easy to become distracted and think of metaphysics as reading this book or doing this practice. And, and that's fine, but if you really want to grow spiritually and maintain this inner balance, which is what our topic is about, you have to have the faith in your heart of hearts that is telling you, look, this is the best thing for you right now. And that inner faith is always going to guide you to what is highest, best, most noble, most pure about you, because you and I, we're very pure beings. Now, many times we don't think we are. We walk around this world and we assume we are what we see, but you're not what you think. You're not even your mind. You are a being 
who's having an experience of a lifetime for the development of your character. So the more we become aware, <clears throat> the more we achieve what is called equanimity, which is we, we become more balanced internally so that if there's a chaos on the outside world, we can decide how to react to that chaos. How do we choose 10% action, 90% reaction? How do you choose to react to someone who has become chaotic or someone who uh, treats you badly or someone who uh, maybe ignores your emotional needs or something? <clears throat> so this is where the work is. And one of the things I was mentioning or rather meditating about this morning when I talked to you was the analogy of a person riding a bicycle who is an expert and they approach a hill that they're going to coast downwards on. But because they're an expert, it's no big deal. So imagine you're going down this hill and you're going very fast, right? But because you're such an expert, it, it, it's no big deal. Now, if you wanted to make a course correction, would you jerk the handlebars to the left or the right? Of course not. You never would. You would make little corrections. And when do you make the correction? In the moment. So one of the ways to maintain emotional balance is to first recognize you have the power within yourself to choose. You have a free will. And in that power to choose, you can choose gently for yourself. You don't have to choose radically. You can make little course corrections and say, okay, well, now I'm going to go this way. As fast as I'm going, I'm the expert, and I'm going to guide my bicycle, and I'm going to gently turn this way, or now I have to go this way, but gentle course crest. Because what that is, that's self-empowerment. That's self-realization. You realize that you truly are in control of your life, and you really can and do have choices, and really can and do maintain this inner focus, and thus the equanimity of outer flexibility. And that brings me to what is outer flexibility and why is it important? Although I think you kind of touched on that anyways, but I'd love for you to summarize it so that they can truly get that, that context of outer flexibility. Okay, let's let's say you approach a master, you know. So he or she is sitting there and uh, there's some cacophony or noise or something, but the master is unmoved. Right, because maybe there's some silliness going around around this master man or woman, and but they remain <clears throat> still and quiet inside because they're choosing how to react to their environment. So imagine if you were a beautiful willow tree, okay, and you're 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 very stout, meaning you, you've been there a long time. You're you've got good roots, good trunk. And you know what a willow tree looks like. It has those long, hanging branch-type leaves, right? And let's say a very strong wind comes, right? So you can see the, the leaves moving out in the direction where the wind is going. And then what happens when the wind is gone? The leaves go right back to where they were. They became very flexible, and they allowed the energy to move past them without resisting. You know, martial arts like Aikido, the Japanese, or Wu Wei, the Chinese, is a way of redirecting the energy of their opponent past you, but using almost no energy of your own, because instead of using what is called a masculine principle of blocking the energy, you use the feminine principle, which is allowing the energy to move right past you without attaching to it. 
So the flexibility is using the power of the will to choose what you are attaching to and what you're not attaching to. But first of all is the recognition that you have the power of the will to choose your reaction. And that's a self-empowerment. It's just, it, it, it's so eye-opening and the way you describe it, it makes sense. And that I think was why when we, when I started following your work and started benefiting from your work was it's the fact that we have that power, we have the free will and then knowing that we can choose to what we are attaching. The way you said it, it's just I know our listeners are going, what? Can we really well, do I, that? Well, I'd like to add a little adjunct to that, Carrie Ann. What happens if you mess up? You know, what happens if it's the old water balloon comes and squishy, well, oh, I didn't move my leaves out of the way. Darn it. So Mark Twain was a wonderful humorist, and he had an analogy. He said, quitting smoking's easy. I've done it thousands of times. So what he's what he's really saying, and my point is, you always have a choice, and life is a process. It's not an event. You know, the number of lifetimes we have is infinite because we are beings beyond space and time who simultaneously experience a physical existence. So what happens if you mess up? Okay, then make another little course correction. You mess up. Okay, make another course correction. Let go of your successes and your failures and focus on the task at hand. Remember, which breath is your most important breath? The one you're taking now. <laughs> because without this one, the other ones don't matter. So that's that's where the focus comes from is what are you doing with the task? And because many times we can say, yeah, but, but, yeah, but. And that's a problem because it roots us in an emotional attachment to the actions or the reactions that we ourselves have. So as you maintain this flexibility to choose how you wish to react to a given situation, especially because our topic is emotions, what it does is it puts you in that equanimous or equanimity state where you are calm regardless of what's going on around you because you choose to be calm. Is it easy? No, it's not always easy. Like anything else, it takes practice. But the, the the hidden teaching, <laughs> I love stuff like this, the hidden teaching, <laughs> mm-hmm. is that is that <laughs> the act of using the power of the will to change the energy, to be calm and flexible, is actually more important than what the situation is that came about. Because the act to choose and follow through is using the power of the will and using the power of the will to choose is what defines your character because will is action. Intention is holding an energy waiting for something to happen, but will is action. So using the power of the will to choose equanimity or should I say outer flexibility is the spiritual juice, not the actual uh, event itself. And the more you choose, the better you get. It's like going to the gym. You know, the more you work at some kind of weight, the more proficient you become. So that way, when a challenge really comes, you go, oh, yeah, I know how I used to react to this one. But now I remember I have a choice. 
And even though I reacted this way last time or those times, this time I choose not to. So what happens? The other person says, oh, well, you don't love me like you used to, or you don't do this, or they throw a little guilt on you to see if you will react to that. So you use the power of your will, and again, the feminine principle is the power of the will to allow. Allow yourself to be powerful. Allow yourself to be flexible. Allow yourself the power of choice. And the more you allow, the more centered and focused and grounded emotionally you will be simply because you're choosing and in the choosing is the will and in the will is the definition of a character in a lifetime. So would you say um, <clears throat> when you choose that power of to be calm and stay calm, would you say that our listeners are actually choosing to make the situation easier than it needs to be? Yes. And and as you know, I'm going to say that the people who listen to the Telesummit have already taken an active part in helping to create the Telesummit because we don't do this by ourselves. This is a collaboration. This is how spirit works. So when people listen to this, part of self-empowerment is realizing that everyone's spirit who listens to this is a collaborative co-creator in this event. They are emancipating themselves. So choosing to have grace is choosing to have faith, and choosing to have faith is choosing to have free will. Correct. Okay. So when we choose that, how do we... When we start to get the distracted, how do we know the difference between our inner knowledge and the part of us that does get distracted by the outside expectations? With experience. You know, sometimes it's like riding a bike at first. You feel a little wobbly. You don't know inner voice, outer voice. And it's it's simply a matter of trust. You know, the more uh, ferocity you have to trust what that intuition is telling you, the stronger it will get. You you remember flower readings, right? Yeah. And uh, the premise of a flower reading is people bring a flower and they put it on a table and then I sit down. So there's one flower per person, but I don't know which flower belongs to which person. I have no idea. I just came into the room. So I pick up a flower, shut my eyes, and I do a reading and a healing for whoever that is, but I don't know who it is. So the point is not that it's accurate. The point is that if I don't put myself at risk, why should the other people in the room? The whole point of a flower reading is to show us that we all have intuition. So but in faith, I pick up the flower and I say, oh, well, you have this and this going on and so on and so forth, always to empower the person. But the whole point is to show that in faith, the more faith you have in your intuition, the more you will access it, the more you will be guided in the best way for what is called the exposition. Exposition is how the soul quality of the individual manifests itself in the physical dimension. And the more you do that, the more your life is lived on purpose, the more self-empowered, the less fear, all of these things that make a productive and fruitful life. So what type of exercises connect us to this inner inner knowledge? Because if it does take practice, if it does take trial and error, you alluded to the flower readings, but what can we do when you're not around to help us practice having that faith? 
Well, one is the act of making time to practice your, your, your intuition. Again, the act of taking the time is the spiritual juice. It's, it's not that you're concentrating on something. It's that you're making time. So let's say, for instance, an example would be one of your listeners has an emotional dilemma. I can't choose this or that. Which one do I choose? Right? Happens to all of us. So it doesn't mean you have to sit in the full lotus position in yoga and, and start oming. It just means you create a quiet time for yourself. And it could be, you know, sitting in a room. It could be reading some inspirational poetry or something from Louise Hay. But the act of making the moment to feel instead of think, get out of your head and feel, and you feel, okay, what am I feeling right now? Well, first thing you're going to say is, I'm pissed, or I feel hurt, or I feel overwhelmed. Yes, that's true. But as you sit with it, and you you sit and feel, what is the best thing for me right now? What am I feeling? And let's say you get the word rest, okay? So two things happen. One is you might not be able to rest because you've got to go pick up your kids from school in an hour. Okay, so you can't do that the afternoon. But the other thing is you get the word rest and you say, well, when, when could I rest? Okay, well, the next half hour, nothing's required of me. So you go sit back in your chair and you rest and you don't think of what there is next to do because the spirit already has this understanding and the spirit is still you. And what happens is we tend to believe that our brains, our physical brains, are the repositories of all of this knowledge. And that's why we freak out is because we don't think we can handle everything. It would be wiser to think of your brain as an antenna and that the real brain is everything around you. What, what Wilcock calls the source field. Some people call it God, goddess, mother, father. It means that all of the wisdom is around you. And as you tap into it, that's that non-local state. That's that qualitative state. And the act of tapping into that higher state is the spiritual juice. And what happens is, as the awareness grows, the mind calms down. And it's not some horrible discipline that people go, oh, well, how do I, do I have to go Dr. J's two-year program or do I, no, actually it's just very simple. It's the act of taking the time, even let's say you got only two minutes, but the act of taking those two minutes by the power of choice to say, in these two minutes, I'm going to go into my heart and I'm going to feel what is the best thing. What do my inner voice, my, my feelings, my inner knower, what do I feel from my higher self? And then you trust that. It's always going to be beneficent. It's always going to come from a state of love. It's always going to come from a state of harmlessness and compassion. It's not going to be derisive or denigrate your character or be something evil or something anything like that. It's always going to be gentle, loving, and productive for you. Now, you might say, well, okay, Dr. J, I'm going to do this, but how does it actually help other people? You know, because I want to help other people. Well, 95% of who we are is not verbal or physical, it's consciousness. Only 5% is what you see in the mirror. And so the more you evolve yourself, 
that is how you help other people. The more equanimity you have, that is how you help other people. The more you develop yourself, the more you trust your inner knower, that is how you're helping other people because you're cohering your energy field to a much higher state, if you'll forgive the word, of vibration. Mm-hmm. And that really is all about allowing yourself to heal, taking the, choosing yourself first. Because by taking care of yourself, you're taking care of everyone else. You're, you're making a difference yep. in the world by taking care of yourself. And that's one of the key concepts of today is the concept of health, self-healing and how it really supports us in moving through this. So it doesn't matter how much we're there for everyone else if we don't, if we're not good within ourselves. Right, which takes us back to inner focus. So using this feminine principle again is called the in-breath, out-breath. You know, you breathe in, you breathe out, you eat, you eliminate, you sleep, you awake, and so forth, right? And if any of those are out of balance, you're instantly in, in trouble, right? So the if you're a farmer and you're going to go plow the field, wouldn't you eat a big breakfast first, right? So you, you, you in-breath first. In other words, you empower yourself first. Then you go help all the people you want. I mean, what if you're a, a medical doctor and and you're a very, very competent doctor, but you reason... Well, you know, I can help more people if I just give up eating and sleeping. That's true for about two days until your body just says, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So so the inner focus is actually, you know, breath in first. You're Mother Teresa and you're training your nuns and you make them get up at 4.30 in, in the morning and pray for 90 minutes filling themselves full of Christ. But now they're full and then they can go out and work because they did the in-breath first. When you're born, what's the first thing you do? Breath in. When you pass out of your body, what's the last thing you do? Breath out. So breath in first is the feminine principle of allowing yourself to receive a part of the beneficence of that which you create for others. Give to yourself first equanimity. Give to yourself first calm. Give to yourself first that you really are pure within yourself and live that and be that then you can go out and help all the people you want. So when you do take those moments and say, nope, I'm going to take 30 seconds. That's all I have. Well, I'm taking the 30 seconds for myself. Breath in. Calm, center, focus, and then breath out. And the more you do that, the more you you become what is called self-realized. You begin to infuse much, much more of the higher qualities of your being that are not limited to space or time into the physical aspects of your being. And the tendency of the mind then becomes calm and serene. And will there still be challenges? Sure. Life has challenges. But will you have changed? Yes, because you're applying simple principles that give you the inner focus and thus then the outer flexibility. And I think that's where the quote that we've heard, your spiritual being has a human, a spiritual being having a human experience. So mm-hmm. having shared what you've just, after talking what you've just shared, what does that mean to you? The simultaneity of our being? Yeah, we're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. It's, um, it's still from a point of balance, you know. In in the Western world, we're, we've got the physical thing down pretty good. And um, 
you know, my teacher would say, all human beings want to manipulate the material environment. The difference is, if you have no spiritual awareness, you you do it without balance. You manipulate without balance. But if you have spiritual awareness, you still manipulate your material environment, but in balance with all nature. So, for instance, you go down to the land of the Maya, every structure, every pyramid, every observatory is exactly where it's supposed to be in alignment, let's say, with other planets or ley line, grid lines on, on the Earth and, and so forth. So with this balance, this is what we call holding the balance of the spirit and the physical. And the, the problem we have is we have been very, very good at the physical, and but now in this era, more and more and more, we're understanding the spirit. Now, you can become imbalanced in either direction. You know, the there was a wonderful saint by the name of Paramahansa Yogananda, and a devotee said, well, Swamiji, shouldn't we just only meditate? He says, well, no. He says, you need your physical body so you can do what God sent you here to do. So this is where the act of the balance, holding the physical part of ourselves and the spiritual part of ourselves in balance, is what is called holding the duality in unity. And from unity, then we grow very much with greater, greater, greater levels of awareness. So the cool thing is, you know, people like yourself are putting on telesummits to help people understand more clearly what is the benefit of understanding the spiritual nature of the human being and how can I balance the spiritual nature and the physical nature so that I myself am that balance. Would you say that that is our true spiritual nature? Yeah, it's just difficult to understand. I mean, you talk to the average person and you say you're a luminous being of light and you have a physical existence. One is limited to space or time and one is not. You might get a mixed reaction because rightly so, that person's going to say, well, how do I know that? And this is one of the things that science has really been helpful because Science cannot prove metaphysics directly, but it can prove it indirectly. You know, we know that the human body emits light. We know it emits more light over chakra centers. We know that one person can send power to another regardless of the distance and make instant changes in uh, the physiology of the person. So we know that chakras exist. We know that meridians exist. We know this scientifically. The, The difference is Science can tell you a lot about an orange, but it can't tell you what it tastes like. So that's where the human intimate connection with the spirit must then take place. So we use the science as a way poking holes in the teacup, poking holes in the egoic structure, so that the person can say, well, gee whiz, yeah, I guess there is this thing that's beyond the physical that is in fact real. How do I get there? Your own inner journey how you trust your feelings, how you trust that intuition within you and use that intuition to help guide you to the greatest fulfillment of your life in this lifetime, which is one experience of many. Buddha said we're a lot like the flame on a candle. You know, the candle burns down, but then the flame transfers to another candle. That burns down, but always the eternal flame exists. This is one experience. And so to make the most of it, it's wise for the person to develop themselves uh, spiritually and maintain an understanding of their physical nature as well.
That's the balance. So what, how does this information help us manifest that emotional balance? Well, uh, let's go back to the people that are listening to the telesonic, either now or by recording. Most people don't realize that they are co collaborative co-creators in this universe, that we really are co-creating our reality with, with the God within us, right? And so the way that it helps is when the person starts to realize personal accountability of their own creation. They start to realize this is something that I've, even this telesonic, was partly my creation because my desire to grow in a spiritual way has helped formulate the energy for the Telesummit to even exist. So then you collaborated with JJ and with other people, and, you know, in order to create the, the, the um, circumstance and the sequence of events for this to unfold. And that self-realization that, that personal accountability and awareness, I mean, if you could create this, what else could you create? Anything that emancipates you from the illusion that we're separate from each other, when in fact there is no separation. We believe there is, but, you know, <laughs> we are each going to create our own epiphanies. And again, the humor is, if you knew what an epiphany was, it wouldn't be one. So that's where the faith comes in. You can't know everything consciously in the physical mind, the faith is what extends your reach beyond your grasp. And that's why it's so difficult is because everybody wants to know the answer without using their intuition. And the intuition sees things as they are, not as they appear to be. So the more tenacious you are in your faith, the more the, the the higher aspects of your life will be revealed to you if you're willing to take that intimate step to trust what you feel, then apply what you know. But you still must trust. And then a much greater and much more powerful life you will reveal to yourself. One of my one of my other teachers, he often would remind me that there is no content and content worth knowing. And I kind of think that's what you're saying right now is you just, there's nothing else to say about it. It just is. Yeah. And it's like anything else. You know, you can get caught up in metaphysics. You can get caught up in intellectual discussions. It's easy to get caught up in the attachments. And, you know, the Buddhists even joke about it. They say you got to spend a whole life getting to know who you are so at the end you can let it all go. Mm -hmm. And and so you you got to have a little bit of humor you know, at the exigencies, the little emergencies that, that come along. I, I, in a way, just saying that most of us are, are much more powerful than the problems we face if we would just realize it. In fact, I should amend that to say all of us are much more powerful than the problems we face. It's just that we don't tend to think that way, and this is where that overwhelm comes from. We don't feel we have the power when, as spirits, we actually help co-create the problems, believe it or not, because we do have the inner constitution, should we but reveal it? And that's where the work is. And that's why you have different speakers talking about different aspects of emotional awakening. Mm -hmm. What methods do you do in our 
what methods do you do that we could do in our daily life to manifest that emo- emotional balance? And can those methods help us, given that you've got such a vast experience? Well, one of them is, is uh, you know, conscious awareness of the moment. You know, it has been said that if a person is truly conscious, I don't mean awake, if I mean awakened, <laughs> mm-hmm. that if a person is truly conscious, they're also alert. So it doesn't mean you're going to watch every moment with your eyes bugging out like, what's this moment mean? It just means you calmly are aware of the moment and you're aware of your reactions to that moment. Are you going to do that 100% of the time? Well, maybe not. But as you take the steering wheel of your bicycle and you make those little tiny course corrections with great love and respect for yourself, with great understanding that there is a higher part of you that is absolutely pure beyond the way the mind thinks and that in fact you are both the more you really live that the more you are that and you you achieve that equanimity in life but it begins with a maybe you know every day is going to give you an opportunity to make a choice oh i usually react to that person in this way oh i heard that lecture with carrie ann dr j you know and uh, maybe this time I'll react a different way. So when you choose a different path, you know, it, you are then changing uh, the outcome. It's the law of cause and effect, which is what karma is. So it, it boils down very simply. It's a conscious application of focusing in the moment on the task at hand and choosing with awareness the reaction that is emotionally balanced for you, being flexible, the power of the will to choose in the moment. So powerful, yet so simple, yet so powerful. It's it's wonderful. So if our listeners wanted to take away, take just one step towards connecting to their inner knowledge, inner knowing and emotional balance, what would you recommend? And I know that you've just sort of recommended that, but I believe you're offering our listeners something else as a free gift. Would you like to talk a little bit about that to support them? How's that again? You mean, uh, are you talking about the uh, the tick list? or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So You are? Yeah, oh, I think okay. I am. Let's do that. Oh, okay, <laughs> I just want to make sure. Well, um, yeah. uh, one of the giveaways is... Um, there are uh, two chakra breathing techniques that I like to use very much. And there's also, uh, from one of my books, a checklist. Uh, and that's meant to help a person understand which one of their chakras is dominant. And the time remaining is insufficient to really talk about chakras. But um, let's just say going through this list will help you define more of the way in which you perceive reality. And thus, when you have a certain perception, you react based on your perception. As you continue to evolve yourself, you realize why you perceive things in a certain way that you do, and thus gives you the power of the will to choose a different reaction. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is what you meant by, by the giveaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. like, so... So they just want to take one step toward connecting to their inner knowledge and their emotional balance. Doing that chakra checklist, figuring out where they're the most dominant would definitely be a good start, correct? 
Well, sure, and, and they even made the step of connecting with the telesummit, like I said, either live or by listening to a recording. So this is that person, whoever it is, your listeners, this is that person healing themselves by their acts of either listening telesummit or the various speakers. That is the juice of, of how they are healing themselves. And that is important to recognize that that is, in fact, what your listeners are doing. I love that, and it's 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 so it's just hard to believe that my vision and my dream has finally come together. So, um, with helping people figuring out that way to get them um, tapped into all of these different resources and really help them to start connecting within and knowing that they have that power of choice and that you know. Letting go is a choice as well, right? You can choose to just yes. let go. Yeah. Choose what you're choose what you're attached to. Yeah. Or choose what attaches to you. Mm. And how much how much that interaction takes place. Right? And it, yeah. Exactly. And having said that, I when you said we don't have enough time to talk about chakras and we really don't, that's a whole other hour. So what I'm wondering is would you be willing to come back with the gold ticket listeners? And listen and and do a a live Q and A just on chakras at some point. Oh, of course. Months, yeah, great. Oh, of course, that'd be a lot of fun. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll get that added to the the gold ticket bonus. JJ, you'll make sure we get that added in there. Excellent. Yes, I will. Yes, perfect. I will. So, so we'll add that into the end. Is there anything like? Because I know you can connect with everyone that's listening to this to this uh, recording or the live show, Dr. J. Um, we just don't have enough time to answer all of those other questions that are coming in, but I know you can tap into them even if they're not reaching out to connect. Is there something you want to share with any of our listeners right now? You know, sometimes it's easy to think that we're alone within ourselves. We look in the mirror and we see one person. And if it's anything I've learned in almost 30 years of doing this work, is you couldn't be alone if you tried. That only happens in the head. And you have to be careful what you put in your mind because the mind isn't everything, you know. So I think the best thing is to let go of this idea that you're all by yourself and to be more ferocious in your faith and trust that within you are the, all of the answers, and they will reveal themselves, maybe not all at once, but over time, if you are long-standing and consistent, it will work. It's like going to the gym on day one. Oh, that Dr. J doesn't know what he talked about. I've been in the gym all day. Nothing's happened. Yes, but over time, you do the practices and the muscles develop, and that's where your work is, is to be consistent in applying these principles, and you will achieve results guaranteed. Power of the will to choose. We have the power of the will to choose that we are not alone, to let go of the idea that we are not alone. Right, and that you are connected to all things, all love, all wisdom, all power. The divine is within you, and, you know, that's more than just mere words or belief. There's a difference between belief and knowing. And faith will provide you the knowingness within yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. J. It has been 
dare I say, enlightening. <laughs> it has been. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's been a very exciting, like, exciting call. I'm, I'm so happy that you're able to share all this information with our listeners. So, from the, from, from my deepest gratitude, thank you so much. And for everyone who's listening, you can go to tenaciousliving.org forward slash light news, and there you'll find the checklist for the chakras, and you can use that to prep for our live Q&A with Dr. J on exclusively talking about chakras. So make sure you download that, get it, um, and we will let you guys know when we'll, when we work it out, right? We'll, we will make it work. Thank you so much, Dr. J. It's been great having you on the line. My pleasure, Carrie Ann. Thank you very much. Take care. For more truly timeless teachings of true knowledge and experience, visit www.tlrstation.com and learn more about alternative and holistic health. Tenacious Living Network aims to provide a happy and stress-free life to everyone. Thanks for listening, and join Carrie Ann Barron next time for another episode inspired by the works of many spiritual, success, and business influencers.